Welcome to the Kotki Ride Home for Wednesday, February 24th, 2021. I'm Jackson Bird. How the flu you had as a kid could shape your immune response to future flu viruses. A bunch of videos have been going viral showing snowballs not melting when held up against a flame. But it's not a conspiracy, it's science. And the first song produced using the audio recorded on Mars. Here are some of the cool things from the news today. New research published last week in the journal PLOS Pathogens indicates that the flu viruses we were exposed to as children could impact how our immune system responds to future infections. But not all flu viruses respond to each other in the same way, and also it's not just about antibodies. So remember the swine flu in 2009? It's often regarded as having been way overblown. And I mean, sure, compared to now, it seems like it wasn't a huge deal, but I distinctly remember it. I was in college at the time, and we had a whole block of apartments set aside as a quarantine zone because even on the tiny campus I attended, we had several cases of students who got sick. And that wasn't that extraordinary. College campuses were hit hard because more than half of all swine flu cases were people under the age of 24. The 1918 pandemic also skewed towards younger patients. Conversely, COVID-19, though not across the board, has been skewing towards older populations. Now, one reason different age groups show more susceptibility to different viruses could have to do with which viruses those populations had been previously exposed to. Senior author Seema Lakdawala makes an important distinction, though. Quote, Having flu once does not make you immune to all future influenza viruses, nor does having had the original SARS virus in 2003 or any of the common cold coronaviruses in circulation necessarily mean you can't get infected with SARS-CoV-2. But your susceptibility to infection might be different than someone who has never encountered a coronavirus. End quote. That said, Lakdawalla and the rest of the team from the University of Pittsburgh conducted a series of experiments with ferrets to investigate whether two common strains of flu, H1N1 and H3N2, might confer immunity to one another. They first infected the ferrets with either the H1N1 or H3N2 strain, and then three months later, they exposed the ferrets to the opposite one. Quoting Popular Science, The team found that the immune response was one way. Ferrets that had recovered from H1N1 were protected against H3N2, but those infected with H3N2 were still susceptible to H1N1. Lakdawalla says that the reasons for that are still unclear, but that it could have to do with the way different viruses attack human cells. We assume that each virus is acting in the same way, but in actuality, they're quite different, and the way in which they enable the immune response is different. It may be that in fighting H1N1, the body mounts a more powerful T-cell response, which would then be better at fighting off an unfamiliar flu. The one-way immunity fits with the context of the 2009 H1N1 outbreak, Lakdawalla says. Before then, most of us were probably infected with an H3N2 virus, so the emergence of an H1N1 pandemic is really fascinating in the context of this pre-existing community. Meanwhile, people 65 and older who in normal years would have been at highest risk of dying from the flu had surprisingly robust immune responses to H1N1, indicating that they might have been exposed to an old strain of H1N1 that their body still remembered, end quote. 
It's important to note that the ferrets infected with H1N1 who were protected against H3N2 did not produce antibodies for H3N2. Their antibodies were still just for H1N1, but antibodies aren't the only piece of the puzzle when it comes to immune response. This particular study didn't identify the exact immunological mechanism responsible, but it did, quoting the University of Pittsburgh Medical Center, indicate the immunity was likely driven by the adaptive immune response, meaning that the previous H1N1 infection primed the immune system to be on the lookout for H3N2 and quickly eliminate it, end quote. And from Popular Science, quote, The finding could provide a new line of inquiry into pre-existing COVID immunity, stemming from prior infection by a common cold-causing coronavirus. A study published in February in the journal Cell by one of Lakdawalla's collaborators found that although most people had some coronavirus antibodies before the pandemic and 20% had antibodies that reacted to SARS-CoV-2, those antibodies didn't actually confer protection against COVID. We know that the antibodies against prior coronavirus do not neutralize SARS-CoV-2, she says, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to have an equivalent susceptibility. There are other elements of the immune response. In a study of blood samples taken between 2015 and 2018, about half of all people showed signs of potentially having some kind of pre-existing immune response to COVID through a component of the immune system called T-cells, which might have come about through exposure to milder coronaviruses. Those coronaviruses circulate in regular cycles, much like the common cold. What remains to be seen, however, is how those cycles have affected different age groups and even whether or not that fact changes susceptibility to COVID, end quote. So maybe some possible exposure could explain why people had such drastically different outcomes from being infected with SARS-CoV-2. If there's anything there and we can figure it out, it could help us prevent outbreaks in the future by identifying people who may be more susceptible. All right, so you might have heard about people in the South who are posting videos proving that snow is fake by trying to light it on fire and showing that it doesn't melt. And these aren't people making prank videos to try to trick others. They're genuinely taking lighters to snowballs from their yards and showing that it gets scorch marks instead of melting, as they would expect it to. Now, I'll give them the tiniest shred of defense here by pointing out that a ton of people in the southern U.S. saw snow for the very first time in their lives this month. And snow can be a bit different in real life than what it looks like in the movies. That said, most people posting the videos and TikToks that have gathered the most steam are not innocently questioning the science of snow. They're charging immediately full steam into conspiracy theory. Quoting Gizmodo, Who's creating this fake snow that's falling from the sky all around the world, according to the conspiracy theorists? Bill Gates, of course, the evil puppet master behind so many of the world's ills right now, from the COVID-19 pandemic to secret tracking chips inside all the world's coronavirus vaccines. Yes, conspiracy theorists with smartphones are really worried about being constantly tracked through their vaccines. And it's not just Bill Gates. Some people believe China is in on the whole conspiracy, sending fake snow to the U.S. in an effort to convince Americans climate change is real. China may have even done this to make Ted Cruz look bad, according to some conspiracy theorists, end quote. I know, I know, it's exhausting. But fortunately, plenty of science communicators have been taken to their platforms to reassure everyone that snow is real, and its curious reaction to an open flame is actually exactly what we should expect. 
This isn't even the first time scientists have had to make videos and be interviewed debunking this myth. It comes up every couple of years, usually after a big snowstorm in a place that doesn't usually get snow. One explanation is sublimation. This is what happens when snow starts receding on sunny days, even though the temperature outside is still below freezing. Instead of melting, the snow skips the liquid step and turns straight into a gas, into water vapors. But Phil Plate, aka the bad astronomer, and other scientists have a slightly different explanation, which many of them addressed in 2014 following another bout of conspiracy theory snowballing. So if you look closely, which many of the TikTok videos don't quite allow you to do, you'll notice where the flame hits the snow, it is actually receding. That's because the snow is melting, it's just being absorbed back again by the snowball, like the syrup in a snow cone. Eventually, the snowball would fully turn to slush and start melting in this way, but when you're only burning it for a few seconds, it's tough to notice. Now, as for the scorch marks, that's caused by the butane in the lighter. Plate explains that butane is a hydrocarbon. It's made of hydrogen and carbon. When you burn it, it reacts with the oxygen in the air to form carbon dioxide and water. But because this doesn't burn perfectly efficiently, the carbon atoms can rebond with each other and other atoms, forming soot, which is just a complex carbon molecule that's black. It absorbs light. So when you hold the lighter flame up to the snow, the incomplete combustion products, the soot, is coming out of the flame and plating itself on the snowball, he says. You know when you burn a candle in a glass container and after a while black marks appear on the glass? It's the same thing. Plate then goes on to do something that most of these videos trying to prove snow is fake don't do. He lets the snow melt naturally in a hot pan. And when he does, he points out how you can see the snow absorbing the water as it melts, just as he explained is happening when people hold up a flame to the snow and don't see it dripping water down like they expect. So that's what's really happening. The snow isn't filled with metal or plastic. It wasn't sprayed down by drones. It's just ordinary science. Imagine if your favorite casino came with an undo button. That's exactly what you get with FanDuel Casino's Play It Again. Get up to $1,000 back if you're down after your first day. Play your favorite table games in hundreds of slots for real cash. And see for yourself why FanDuel Casino is the number one rated online casino app. Explore daily and weekly promotions. Play with live dealers. And if you ever have a question, our best-in-class customer support team is here to help 24-7. Sign up for FanDuel Casino at FanDuel.com PA3 today. And play it again with up to $1,000 back if you're down after your first day. 21 plus and present in Pennsylvania. Must not have previously placed any wager on FanDuel Sportsbook, FanDuel Casino, Betfair Casino, Mohegan Sun Casino, or Stardust Casino. Refund issued as non-withdrawable casino online site credit that expires seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See full terms at FanDuel.com casino. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com RG. So remember what I said when I was telling the saga of Jason Achilles Mazilis, the L.A. musician who helped design the microphones on the Perseverance rover? that he and NASA recognized the importance of the public getting to hear Mars. How things like photos over the years, like Buzz Aldrin's photo of a boot print on the moon and the Hubble telescope's pillars of creation, or even the color-enhanced image of Jupiter from the Juno spacecraft that made headlines this week, they've all inspired people to wonder about the larger universe and to create extraordinary art incorporating these records of space. The team working on the Perseverance microphones hoped that in getting a real audio recording of Mars for the first time, not just one based on seismographs, it would potentially inspire some kind of artwork or creations in the future. 
Well, hours after NASA dropped the audio recordings, it had already begun. Chelsea Goad of Space.com, who performs as Foxanne, has written and recorded a new song using the audio recorded by Perseverance on Mars. She wrote on Twitter, quote, Yesterday, NASA's Thomas Zerbukin asked who's going to compose the first piece of music with Mars sound. So, naturally, I immediately wrote and recorded a song with the first audio ever recorded on the surface of Mars. End quote. And one of her Space.com colleagues, Diana Whitcroft, used the footage taken by Perseverance of its landing to cut together a pretty cool music video for the track. You can watch the video and hear the whole song at the links in the show notes, but here is a teaser. At the end of 2020, Foxanne released her first full-length album called It's Real, I Knew It, which also has some space vibes. The whole album kicks off with the audio from an actual rocket launch, and it also includes a song about the Mars Opportunity rover. I think her vocals are just unreal, and I love how she writes about these space rovers in such a deeply emotional and relatable way. I strongly recommend checking out her whole album. So there's an Indiegogo campaign going right now for a football that you can smoke. It's called Pass and Puff, and it's literally a football built so that you can put a joint in it and take a hit before you toss it to your friend. The creators seem fairly self-aware of how ridiculous it is, while also being completely serious about it, but I also can't get over the fact that they're marketing it as a safe way to smoke together while social distancing, without once acknowledging the fact that you and your fellow football-tossing smokers are putting your mouths on the same thing. And that's not even getting into how we have products like this out there while thousands of people remain incarcerated for possession, but that is a rant for another time. In other news, if his infamous dad genes weren't enough, President Barack Obama has now fully been inducted into high-key dad culture by starting a podcast with Bruce Springsteen. It's called Renegades, Born in the USA, and that subtitle, man. The eight-part Spotify original is a series of conversations between Obama and Springsteen about, quote, their lives, music, and enduring love of America, despite all its challenges, end quote. Early reviews are praising the series for displaying healthy masculinity and male friendship, proving once again that all men, regardless of background, are capable of breaking through their tough exteriors to have real talks about emotions and sensitive topics, so long as there's two microphones safely situated in between them. And if you're looking to invest in some property, there's an 80-acre ranch in Nevada for sale that will only set you back $4.5 million. The property comes with two homes, a shop, 750 heads of cattle. Oh, and it borders Area 51. 
I'd put my money on a group of UFO enthusiasts pooling their money to buy the ranch and turn it into some kind of Area 51 tourist attraction or something. That is, if the government doesn't beat them to it to cover their tracks. Anyways, that is it for today. As always, this show was produced by Ride Home Media and Kotke.org. I am Jackson Bird, and I will talk to you again tomorrow. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.